What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Call to Comeback. I'm Bobby McInnes, alongside my roommate, Thomas Spallone. Tom, how you doing? What's going on, Bob? I'm doing great. Uh, we had that huge long break, and I'm ready to get back after it. And I'm happy to be back here for the next season. Yeah, in our first season of Call It a Comeback, you know, we had a good time talking about football, obviously, and then we included some other segments. We talked poker when we had Julian and Matt McHale on, and then we got into it with the guys from WLOY. That was a great time. Jimmy Cody, Jeffrey Bozzi, a great duo, and we have since did a couple episodes on their show as well. Uh, I look forward to bringing them on in the future, but... I think this season we're going to have some other uh, fun episodes in there as well, maybe some player interviews with players from Loyola, including lacrosse, soccer, uh, basketball, and possibly some outside sources as well. Yeah, no, I'm really excited. Yeah, it should be good. And Tom, I was looking earlier, and I got—I was just scrolling through ESPN, and I see, uh, I mean, we all know what happened with Antonio Brown and his meltdown when uh, the Buccaneers played the Jets. And I see that the glove that he threw into the stands is now up for auction. Oh, wow. Uh, so it's pretty funny. You know, me being at that game, I was like 10 rows behind. I see the thing is now selling for like $300. And I was thinking to myself, I'm like, damn, why couldn't I be 10 rows further up? But that could have been, you know, a couple hundred dollars in my pocket. Yeah, no, that's crazy how you went to that game too. And no one expected AB to pull those shenanigans off. I know. That's crazy. It's probably something I'll remember for a long time. But you know what, Tom? Like you said, we were gone for a little while, so let's get right into it. We missed a lot, or, I mean, we've all seen it, but we haven't spoken about it in a long time. Uh, A lot has happened in uh, the NFL playoffs, and I think we have a very unlikely Super Bowl matchup here, and it should be a good one. Yeah, I'm honestly really shocked to see the Cincinnati Bengals make it this far, and I'm really excited for for them and uh, Joe Burrow. Uh, Their line was not great the whole season, and we saw what happened in the divisional round against the Titans their uh, line broke down, and I think Burrow got sacked around eight or nine times, which was a franchise playoff franchise record for the Titans. And uh, this kid's just a winner. He went out there, won that game, and then down 18 points to the Kansas City Chiefs, who we all know have probably the best offense in the National Football League. At their place, uh, they come all the way back and win in, in overtime. McPherson ices up and hits another game winner. I mean, this team is is on a Cinderella run, to, to say the least, and now we got an improbable Super, ma- Super Bowl matchup with the Bengals and the Rams. Yeah, you mentioned the Bengals' offensive line, and obviously that's an area for concern. Although last week against the Chiefs, he only went down one time. But, you know, now they're going up against a pass rush. You look at guys like Aaron Donald, Von Miller on that uh, defensive front for the Los Angeles Rams. I mean, that's going to be almost impossible to stop. Yeah, I'm I'm honestly worried about the Bengals in that game. Obviously, uh, I think the Rams have the huge upper hand, just like you said. Aaron Donald is arguably one of the best pass rushers of all time. And uh, Von Miller paired up with him. That's it's going to be a great game to watch. And I'm really excited for the Ramsey versus Jamar Chase uh, matchup on the outside. I think that's going to be a marquee matchup to watch. No, for sure, Tom. Jamar Chase is a guy who, honestly, I was one of the people saying that they should have drafted Panay Sewell. They should have went offensive tackle and protect Joe Burrow instead of going wide receiver. And although you know that still could make sense, and you could still build an argument to you know draft offensive line before weapons. Jamar Chase has lived up to that pick five, if not even better. He's, you know, he doesn't look like a rookie out there, Tom. He, you saw that jump ball catch that he made against the Chiefs. I mean, the Bengals went from trying to put together a game script to, all right, screw it, Jamar Chase is, is there somewhere, and just, Joe Burrow just throws it up to him and he comes down with it. 
Yeah, it's pretty crazy this, that this kid's a rookie because he's probably the the most NFL-ready I've seen a, a wide receiver come out of college, and, and he sat out his last year of, at LSU. So it is really crazy the way he moves. And, and just going from the number one overall pick in the last two years to now being into the Super Bowl, I think it's a, it's a dream come true for the Bengals fans and organization. And it would be awesome to see them get it done, honestly. Yeah, and obviously Jamar Chase is the best receiver uh, on that team. But they have other guys. T. Higgins is so- so- in his sophomore year right now, drafted in the second round last year. I mean, that kid's a stud. He had over 100 yards last week. And, you know, you can't count out Tyler Boyd either. So you look at three-plus wide receivers who would be good on any other team. And then you also have to account for Joe Mixon. And I know C.J. Uzama just got injured last game. But I see he's you know going to be a game-time decision. I mean, they have a lot of weapons on that team and I don't know this Chiefs defense really worries me Tom or sorry not the Chiefs the 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 Rams defense is is good we've mentioned Ramsey we've mentioned Donald we mentioned Von Miller but there's other guys to account for on that Bengals team what do the Rams have to do to shut down the Bengals offense yeah that's a, that's a great question I think they obviously got to pressure uh, Joe Burrow just like they did with uh, Jimmy Garoppolo towards the end of that game uh, last night against the Niners and I think that'll be a great recipe for their win but like you said the, this uh, wide receiver trio I mean throughout the regular season in the beginning of the year obviously we knew that they had some talent with Boyd Higgins and Chase but I mean this trio is so underrated and now we see that they're in the Super Bowl I mean this is it has to be the best trio in the National Football League and obviously it compares with Dallas but no one wanted to give them credit, and they, they've just had such a good season. Like like you said, T. Higgins, we, like he's a solid receiver, but going out there and putting up over 100 yards in, in an AFC championship game, no one have, would have ever expected that, but they're getting the most out of their guys, and obviously Zach Taylor deserves a lot of credit for that. And again, it's just a, an amazing run for them. But uh, that Rams D is going to be a huge challenge for Joe Burrow, and I'm really excited for this matchup. Yeah, arguably the toughest defense that he's going to have to go against in this playoff run that they're on right now. And, Tom, I'm, I'm looking at the Bengals, right? And we talked about how powerful that offense is. But I've been pretty impressed with their defense. That Trey Hendrickson has probably been one of the top signings in this past offseason. Yeah, I think it's honestly one of the best signings in, in Bengals history, if we're being honest. They, they, they signed him. Uh, from the New Orleans Saints as a free agent, I believe. And he's had a monster year. You're right. Every, every time you look, it seems like he's pr- pressuring the quarterback. And that was a key factor in that second half and overtime against the Chiefs yesterday. They got to Mahomes, and they made him s- scramble around and, and cause pressure. And Hendrickson was a big uh, force in that game. And I think that you're, you're right. That's got to be one of the best signings of this offseason easily. Yeah, he, I mean, I'm just looking at the stats right now. One and a half sacks last week, a tackle for loss. And like you said, it seemed like he was always blowing up plays and getting in Mahomes' face, making him work out of the pocket. And obviously we know Mahomes is a magician, and his best plays are when he's out of the pocket. But now you look at the Bengals, they're going up against uh, Matt Stafford, another great offense with the L.A. Rams. But Stafford does not move the way that Patrick Mahomes does. And, I mean, if they can blow through that offensive line, the Bengals will have a legit chance in the Super Bowl. Yeah, definitely. And I think the Bengals secondary deserves a lot of credit as well because uh, a lot of the times the Chiefs O-line held up well and there was just no one open downfield. And, and Von Bell uh, came up with a huge pick uh, yesterday. And I know Eli Apple didn't have a great first half. He was kind of getting cooked by Tyreek Hill. I know he was active on Twitter this week. But uh, he, he made a huge tackle at the end of that first half that kept uh, Tyreek Hill out of the end zone. And that, that d- almost was a difference in the game, you can arguably say. So, I mean, their secondary deserves a lot of credit as well. Well, Tom, I bet you were reluctant to uh, bring up Eli Apple and give him some credit there. Former uh, 10th pick for the New York Giants. Yeah, I was not too happy with him this week going on Twitter, uh, bashing Giants and Saints fans. Um, Clearly, he didn't realize why he was getting booed because he was so bad in New York. (laughs) But, I mean, he's picked it up a little bit this year. I'll give it to him. He's having a better season. And uh, 
happy for that he's in a Super Bowl, I guess. I mean, it's true. Eli Apple, uh, I mean, he can get excited all he wants because obviously he did have a huge play at the end of that first half tackling. I believe he stood up Tyreek Hill. And honestly, that was probably a difference maker in this game because the Chiefs uh, arguably could have kicked the field goal there, but they went for six and the Bengals ended up getting the stuff. Uh, that was that was huge. That's a huge play. So yeah, Eli Apple deserves to you know be excited all he wants. But I would really like to see how he matches up against a guy like OBJ on the outside come come this uh, Super Bowl weekend. Yeah, that's the issue. I, it's going to be tough for them to guard OBJ, let alone Cooper Cup, who seems to get open on every single play. Uh, whenever you look at the box score, he's probably putting up 150 receiving yards in a game. It's pretty ridiculous uh, what Cooper Cup uh, has done. And same with OBJ. OBJ is really rejuvenized his career going to L.A., and he's just been a different player. So it's going to be interesting to see how that Bengals uh, D gets after the Rams offense. Yeah, and when you look at you know a guy like Cooper Cup, I believe Mike Hilton will be covering Cooper Cup most of the time in the slot as he's their slot corner there. Um, so that's going to be definitely a huge matchup to see. Cooper Cup is arguably the best receiver in the league. Um, and, yeah, like, like, like you said, Tom, this is going to definitely be a tough, uh, tough assignment for the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, for sure. So moving on to the other game this week, the NFC Championship was also a little bit of a thriller. Uh, the 49ers were up. They had a 10-point lead heading into the fourth quarter, but was not enough to hold off Matthew Stafford. Yeah, I mean, the Niners really had this game won. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo just finds new ways to lose games. It seems like uh, he didn't really do anything in this game. It, they relied on the run game with Mitchell. Uh, screens to Debo, who took a 40-yard screen to the end zone because he's an animal. He's a beast. And uh, George Kittle also had a TD. So their big players stepped up, made big plays. But uh, Jimmy Garoppolo failed to get the job done in Shanahan again, and they fall short. But got to give a lot of credit to the Rams. Donald seemed to kick in a new gear there in that second half, and they really got after Garoppolo and forced him to make uh, bad throws. And that's a big reason why they came back and won this game. Yeah, like you said, Jimmy G couldn't do enough to get himself into the Super Bowl. But this might be it for Jimmy G. I, I, I don't know. I'm just – I'm. Kind of, there's a lot of question marks about his career moving forward. Obviously, uh, it seems like San Francisco is going to go with Trey Lance next year. I'm really not sure what the future holds for Jimmy G. Is there a starting spot available for him out there? I mean, you look at at teams that might need a quarterback. I'm not sure. The Buccaneers now might need a quarterback. Uh, the Saints might be looking for a quarterback. I, I don't know, Tom. I mean, obviously there's some open positions, but is Jimmy G really a guy that you want to bring into your franchise? Not necessarily. I mean, he's a he's a system quarterback. He's not gonna. He's a game manager. He's not gonna go over the top and win you a big game. That's just the way it is. The the reason why they won against Green Bay wasn't because of him. It was because their special teams and defense. Um, I think he's done with the Niners. I think they're gonna move on with Trey Lance. And Lance, we didn't see a lot of this season, but he's shown a few flashes. Still has a lot of work ahead of him. But it's uh, it's just tough, honestly, because. We saw Garoppolo with New England, and a lot of people thought that he could be like the next next big quarterback in this league. But he's he's nothing over the top, and we all know that. Yeah. So taking Jimmy G out of the picture, Trey Lance probably steps in next year. Do you think this 49ers team could end up in the NFC Championship again? Where do you see their future going? Because I mean, hey, they have a really good supporting cast around them. Debo Samuel's arguably their best receiver. Well, he's definitely the best receiver on that team, and he's arguably the best running back on the team. He's a guy that does it all. Uh, they got other guys. You know, George Kittle's arguably best tight end in the league. Um, Brandon Ayuk. I know that he had a down year, but he started to come on towards the end. There's a, there's a lot of good pieces on that offense. You look at the offensive line, very strong offensive line. Let's see uh, if the old guys decide to return, you know, a guy like Trent Williams. Um, however, looking at that defense, I mean, it's up there with the best. Nick Bosa is arguably one of the best edge rushers in the league. 
Uh, other guys in that linebacking crew, uh, Fred Warner, Warner's uh, real is up good. there with the best as well. So, I mean, this 49ers team, we, we, it's definitely a team that we might be seeing in this uh, NFC chip game again, possibly next year, possibly the year after. Yeah, the Niners have a, a very strong team. Their line's very good. Defense, they've had that for years, honestly. And uh, it's going to really rely on Lance, if that's their guy next year, to see if they can get back. But they definitely have all the pieces uh, around the young quarterback, which is great for him. So I'm excited to see uh, what happens there. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm, I'm optimistic. I don't want to spend too much time talking about the Niners because obviously we're going to talk about the team that actually won that game. But you look at the other teams in the NFC, right? And who are their contenders? The Bucks. they just lost Brady, or most likely. We're still waiting on the confirmation. Uh, the Packers, most likely going to lose Rodgers, plus some other supporting players. Um, and obviously in their division is also getting weaker. I'm not sure what the future holds for Russell Wilson. The Seahawks are a complete disaster. They don't have a first-round pick this year either. Uh, so I don't know. The Niners, there should be a window open for the Niners. Yeah, you look at those NFC quarterbacks like you just mentioned, uh, Rodgers, Brady. Uh, one of them is probably retiring. The other one's going to, going to a different team most likely. And it just the balance from the AFC quarterbacks to the NFC has just totally shifted these last few years. And it seems like the AFC has all the young uh, stud quarterbacks on their way up, like Lamar, Josh Allen, Burrow, uh, Mahomes, and the, and Herbert. And the NFC just is going in the complete opposite direction, like right. you said. So we'll see what happens. But, yeah, that's definitely a door open for the Niners. It's just such a tough uh, division, obviously, that they're going to be playing in now that the Rams traded for Stafford. Uh, they're, they're loaded. The Cardinals obviously hasn't, haven't proven anything in the postseason, but they're going to be a strong team there for a little bit. For sure. So a strong division, but definitely Niners have some hope with, for, the fu- for the future, definitely. All right, so like we already mentioned, the Rams came out victorious and are heading to the Super Bowl almost a year after they traded for Matthew Stafford. They sacrificed so much future for the present, and it looks like it's paying off. I mean, it's, I, don't, I don't know anyone that hates Matthew Stafford. Everyone's rooting for Matthew Stafford to do good, and that's exactly what he's doing, and he finds himself playing in the Super Bowl. I couldn't be more happy for the guy. Yeah, I'm really happy for him. I loved him when he played for the Lions. Uh, he is a very likable guy, especially because the way he played through all of his injuries. Uh, everyone loves his heart for the game. And, yeah, I couldn't be more happy for him either. He's, he was the passing leader yesterday, I'm pretty sure, throughout all the games. And uh, he just had a really good season for the Rams. We know he had that little rough stretch uh, towards the end of the regular season when he was throwing those picks but still found ways to win uh, football games. And um, one year out of being away from Detroit, and this this guy's already in the Super Bowl, so it's good good for him, man. It's great, right? And him and him and the Cooper Cup connection has been just amazing all year. And we saw it. They cashed in twice yesterday uh, on Sunday when they, you know, beat the 49ers. But you look outside of that. The trade for Odell Beckham has been paying off as well. It's like the every move that the Rams have been making looks to be very good and has been working out in their favor. Yeah, most definitely. And like you said, <clears throat> Stafford and Cup, only their first year playing together, and they have a ton of chemistry. You look at yesterday's box score, he had 14 targets, Cooper Cup. I mean, he averages probably 13 to 15 targets a game, so they feed him. And OBJ yesterday, too, really kicked up. He had nine catches. That's a ton of catches for a number two uh, receiver, and especially with Higby going down. That was big for him to step up. So, yeah, I'm excited for this Rams team. I mean, if they want to get it done, they got to do it this year because you never know if you'll be back. But, I mean, this this obviously this roster is loaded. And uh, I'm, st- I'm still going to go Rams if I'm going to give a prediction just because of the amount of star power they have. I know the Bengals are an up-and-coming young team, but, I mean, for them to go over the top and win a Super Bowl this year is, is asking for a lot. But if anyone can do it, it is Joe Burrow. So Yeah, I hear you, Tom. And, and <laughs> I wasn't going to jump into this yet, but – I'm going to give you an X-Factor for the Super Bowl. And if Higby can't go, your X-Factor might be Kendall Blanton, first-year player out of Missouri. Tom, this guy, 
nobody, no, I, I doubt anybody knew who he was really before two weeks ago when he actually scored a touchdown in the playoffs. But yesterday, uh, on Sunday, he had five receptions for 57 yards and we all know Tyler Higby plays a big part in that offense, and if Kendall Bland can take those shares, those target shares, I mean, he he's a, he looks like he has the talent to uh, make a big play or two, and I don't know, he could he could be an X factor to look out for. Yeah, no, I could see that. I didn't really know who he was until I saw uh, towards the end of the season. I think he started to play a little bit. They mixed him in, and then the playoffs, obviously with Higby going down, he's been uh, he's been a decent target. So five targets on five catches, that's that's a solid game, sixty yards. I could definitely see him being an X factor, and I believe Van Jefferson may have also tweaked something yesterday, so that's even more of uh, a good sign for Blanton to get more more action. Yeah, we have some injuries to look out for, and obviously, people know the Pro Bowl is next week, sandwiched right in between the Super Bowl. So these players do have some time to heal up, and I guess right now the big injuries to monitor will be C.J. Uzama from the Bengals. Tyler Higby of the Rams, and like you said, Van Jefferson, and possibly other people who may have tweaked something during the game. Uh, obviously, that's going to be something to monitor. Yeah, and I also think something worth noting, obviously, is the Rams are going to be playing in their own stadium. I mean, we haven't seen it ever until last year where, where the Super Bowl team is hosting. The Bucks hosted last year, and now we see back-to-back the Rams <laughs> hosting, which is pretty weird, but I think that's got to play a factor because, I mean, the Rams can just chill at home. They don't have to go travel at any point, even though the Bengals – Obviously, still have two weeks for the game, but I think that's something definitely worth noting playing in your own stadium. No, Tom, that's actually crazy that we haven't had a home Super Bowl until last year, and here we are back to back. Yeah, it's weird. And we saw it worked out well for the Bucks. So, yeah. I mean, the Rams don't have too much of a uh, home field advantage. You know, they moved from, they were originally in LA, they go to St. Louis, they're back in LA. Um, I don't know. We obviously saw there was a lot of 49ers there, a lot 49er fans there, but San Francisco is much closer than Cincinnati is. So hopefully the Rams fans show out and they can get that home field advantage. And that might be a reason why they're uh, currently four-point favorites um, on the sports book. Yeah, I think that definitely should play a factor. All right. So enough talk about the Super Bowl. I'm sure we will continue talking about that on Friday and Monday. We have a couple more recordings before the big showdown. So let's get into Tom. There's been a lot of head coach firings and hirings, and there's also a few openings still out there. So let's jump right into that. And, you know, we'll start with your team. The New York Giants have a new face coming in in Brian Dable. Yes, that's a, that's a great point, Bob. I'm very excited, honestly, for Brian Dable and this new regime in, in uh, New York. Um, I was sitting on my couch approximately probably like a few weeks ago. I don't know the exact date. And um, we got the news that Joe Judge was probably staying. So that was one of the worst, probably worst days of my giant life as a fan. But then uh, the next few days went about, and it seemed like he met with uh, John Mara, and then he gets fired. So that was probably one of the best days I've had. And then uh, now all of a sudden they have Jim Shane as the uh, – or Joe Shane, I don't even know his name. Uh, the GM as the Giants, and then they brought in Dable, two Buffalo guys who really built up the Buffalo Bills. Uh, from, from honestly, from the ground up, they drafted Josh Allen, uh, turned him to, turned him into a stud quarterback, and uh, they've honestly been just been doing stuff the right way the last few years. So honestly, I love how the Giants went out and got both of those guys. And it's a copycat league, so you're gonna copycat a good team, obviously. So we're gonna see what happens. Obviously, no one's gonna say Brian Dable is gonna turn Daniel Jones into Josh Allen overnight because that definitely will not happen. But uh, I just like to see the Giants' offense click a lot better than it did, obviously this year, because this was historically a worst, one of the worst offensive uh, seasons we've seen from any team. Uh, and um, I think Dable is definitely going to come, going to try, try and fix that. 
You're right, Tom. You know, <laughs> when I heard that Joe Judge was staying, I was honestly surprised. And I think the Maris and the Tish did a good job finally getting that done. Uh, making the right decision. They listened to the fans, maybe. Maybe they listened to the media. I'm not sure what it was, but they were able to finally make the right decision, get rid of Joe Judge, bring in a new guy. And Brian Dable has a, a pretty good resume. Um, obviously, he has not been a head coach yet, but you know, looking at his resume here, he was offensive coordinator most previously for the Bills since 2018. You mentioned Josh Allen was the quarterback during his entire span there. And before that, he had time as Alabama's offensive coordinator with Saban. So he was able to coach Tua and Jalen Hurts while he was there. And before that, dating back to the earlier 2000s, he began with the Patriots actually as a defensive assistant, which I did not know. Um, So having a little bit of experience on the defensive side as well as a lot of experience on the offensive side, I think that's that's good because, you know, you see so many head coaches nowadays that are so one-sided and they never really work out well. But if Dable uh, is able to delegate some of the offensive work to a good offensive coordinator. I mean, that's that's where the most successful coaches are in the NFL. You can't you can't do it all and be successful, really. Um, there's very few coaches that can do that nowadays. You have to be a, a leader, and I think uh, Dable will be able to provide that for the Giants. Yeah, I'm hoping. I, I know you mentioned the the resume. I do like to try and look at the resume and be like, oh, this guy coached Alabama. This guy coached New England. Like that's obviously two great. Uh, organizations and schools to look at for resume but I also do that with Joe Judge and I saw he also coached Alabama in the Patriots so right. I was like wow this guy actually might be good so obviously it's tough to look at that but that's he definitely has a great resume um, but this is his first time as a head coach so we're gonna see obviously he's gonna have to be able to walk the walk but um, a big hire at OC would be Ken Dorsey right now who the Bills uh, quarterbacks coaches uh, obviously the Bills would want to keep him and move him to OC I would assume but there's been a lot of reports lately the past few days that apparently Dable is really working hard to bring him to the Giants, and that would be huge uh, for the New York Giants because Dorsey is a, a great offensive mastermind, and just like you said, um, Dable probably won't be the one calling all the plays unless that's really what he wants to do, but it's much better if you have a good offensive-minded OC that can run a great offense. Yeah, I hear you, Tom. I mean, you mentioned maybe bringing the Bills quarterback coach on. Uh, it seems like everybody might be leaving the Bills because I know their defensive coordinator, Leslie Frazier, is also having interviews with teams like the Miami Dolphins. So, I mean, obviously, as your team starts to do good, like the Bills, uh, everyone else is going to start to get recognition too. So, you know, I just mentioned Miami. Let's get right into them. They have a vacancy. They fired uh, Brian Flores, which was honestly a shock to everyone. Yeah, honestly, their ownership and GM, honestly, have just been a mess uh, the past years, honestly. And I think they're moving way too slow. The Giants, uh, honestly, did a great job of moving quick and hiring Dable and hiring Shane. Uh, The Dolphins have moved slow through this interview process, and they were honestly a team that was in on Dable, and they didn't move quick enough, so they lost out on them. I'm not sure if that was their frontrunner or not, but uh, like I said, they didn't move quick enough. So it's going to be interesting to see who lands there. Like we said, they they fired Flores. And Flores is one of the best coaches, honestly, in the league. That's but what it's, I would it's, say. it's because he didn't get along with Tua. And, and I mean, are you going to side with your quarterback or are you going to side with your coach? And obviously the Dolphins chose their quarterback. Now, Tua is no Joe Burrow or Justin Herbert, so I don't 100% agree with the decision they made. But it's going to be interesting to see what they do at head coach because I, I, I'm not really fond of how they, they run their organization, honestly. I just don't understand how you fire a head coach. Obviously, the Dolphins started off an abysmal one and seven, but then to finish the year uh, with a with a winning record is very impressive. Um, I believe they went eight and one in that last stretch. 
And like you said, it was it was over an argument with two, and I find it hard to believe that that couldn't have been resolved. That they really had to go straight to a firing. I, I mean, I understand you're not going to cut to a. But did it really have to result in a Brian Flores firing? And this is a guy who who seems to be who seems to be a pretty good coach. I don't know, and he's probably the top candidate still available. Um, and he's probably interviewing with every team that has a vacancy. I know he's going to be most recently having an interview with the Houston Texans. So, yeah, that Texans job is going to be interesting to see uh, who gets that after Cully got fired over there. Who wants that job? Really, it's it's a mess, honestly, because who even knows if you're keeping Watson with all the legal issues. They've screwed that organization over since Bill O'Brien left, so it's it's honestly tough. Yeah, Bill O'Brien screwed that organization over. <laughs> As he left. Yeah, and now he's just watching it burn while he's coaching at Am- Alabama. Alabama, yeah, but that's honestly another name to bring up. Maybe he could come back to the Patriots as OC now that McDaniels got hired by the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, but, yeah, we all know Bill O'Brien is kind of a clown, so I don't know about that. But, yeah. Um, um, maybe another team to focus on is the the Minnesota Vikings. They're right. making a lot of moves with interviews, it looks like. I know they, they interviewed the New York Giants defensive coordinator Patrick Graham, but uh, honestly I don't think he's ready to take over and head coach a team. It seems like he'll probably stay with the Giants. Uh, they also brought in Jim Harborough, obviously a huge name to interview, uh, Michigan head coach, coached with the Niners. Honestly, I, I would go with Harborough. Just A lot of people, he gets a bad rap from a lot of people, but he's got – uh, a lot of experience in the NFL, and he's great uh, with his quarterback. Seems like when Kaepernick was in the league, he was he took him to the Super Bowl. Great, great quarterback. Same with Alex Smith. So I mean, he's he's a leader, I think, and that's something the Vikings could use, honestly, with Kirk Cousins. Right, and most recently he had his head coaching years with the 49ers, and he had a winning record, and then decided to go coach college football at Michigan. Uh, obviously, we know Michigan had a little bit of a run this year, but they're just they're never gonna be able to beat the Alabamas. I know that they beat Ohio State, but normally they're gonna be underdogs in that. And I mean. Harbaugh, you did a great job, and I'm sure you love it in Michigan, but I think it's time to come back to professional football, and he has a chance to take over an extremely talented team. I mean, the Vikings are probably the most attractive landing spot right now for any head coaching candidate. I definitely would agree. I mean, you look at that offense with Dalvin Cook, uh, Adam Thielen, and Justin Jefferson, that's a very firepowered offense, and I think Cousins only has about a year left, so I mean, you're going to be looking at probably drafting a quarterback uh, in the next year or two. Um, so I think it's a very appealing job as well. Looking over at the Jacksonville Jaguars, obviously they fired Urban Meyer before the season was even over. Uh, I mean, that we all knew he wasn't going to last. I mean, I thought maybe he would last till the end of the season, but we all knew that Urban Meyer was probably going to be one and done here. That was a joke of a hiring uh, to begin with. And now it seems like they are still just delaying their process. I'm not sure what's going on over there. It's like a, a franchise... Right when you think they couldn't get any more miserable, they do stuff like this. They're they are really an issue of an organization, and their GM Balky is is just terrible. He's awful. I don't know how he hasn't been removed yet, um, but they're sticking with him for some reason. And they had Byron left, which interviewed about a week ago, and it seemed like they were on the doorstep of hiring him. And I think that's your best hire right now. He's an offensive play caller. You have a young quarterback in Trevor Lawrence who just came off a really rough rookie rookie season, and just an abysmal year. And you can really work with this guy and get Leftwich in and, and expand the offense and build a line for your guy. And then then you see that they're interviewing Vic Fangio, who just is not obviously not a good head coach. We just saw him with Denver. He's a joke of a head coach, a great D.C., but some guys can't be head coaches, and that's fine. But they're bringing him in to interview. Who knows what they're doing there? And then I saw today that they're, I think they're bringing in Doug Peterson to interview, which I think could be a good hire. He's got experience. but And won I a think, Super Bowl. 
and he's got a Super Bowl ring. That's not a bad interview, but, I mean, you got Leftwich. I think you got to go Leftwich. These young quarterbacks, we saw what the Bears did, hi- hiring a D.C. I mean, it could be a good hire, but you got a young quarterback. I think you got to bring in an offensive play caller as your head coach. Yeah, I would definitely go offense here, build up Trevor Lawrence. And, Tom, yeah, you mentioned, like, jokes of jokes of head coaches. Vic Fangio did nothing with the Broncos, uh, but they're deciding to – I guess that's the theme this year for them because they're also interviewing Todd Bowles, who was a joke <laughs> of a head coach with the Jets, Jim Caldwell, who had no success with the Lions. Um, I, I mean, there's they're, they're also interviewing – okay, here, Bill O'Brien, another joke of a – I mean, it's just like, what are they doing here? And then you look at some of the other guys, the ones that might be potentially good. You mentioned Doug Peterson. That's honestly a very – I think that would be a great move for them, Doug Peterson. Um, another one on here that I see on their list of interview requests is offensive coordinator of the Cowboys, Kellen Moore. That's a very interesting name. Mm-hmm. Uh, personally, I don't think that Kellen Moore will get a head coaching job yet. He's very young and has not been with the Cowboys for a long time at all. Um, that Cowboys offense is also very talented, so I'm not sure. That would scare me a little bit. How much of it is Kellen Moore? How much of it is Dak Prescott, Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, Zeke Elliott, Michael Gallup, Schultz, the offensive line? I mean, literally, that's they're one of the greatest teams on paper. Um, so, yeah, I'd be a little cautious with Moore. I want to see a couple more years out of him. I'm not sure what's going on there, man. I mean, the Jaguars, I'm just happy that there's a chan- franchise that's more pathetic than the New York Jets. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the Jaguars really don't do much right. But like you said, Todd Bowles, I, I'm not really sure what the, the love is with Todd Bowles and the media and, and everyone loves uh, talking about his head coaching interviews and everything. I don't know why he's he's on everyone's top radar for head coach because, I mean, this guy is the defensive coordinator for the Buccaneers, and he has a loaded defense with a bunch of young stars, Devin White, uh, Dominican Sue. I mean, this defense is absolutely loaded. And they get bounced uh, by the Rams, who gave up a ton of points that game. And now he's always on the top of everyone's radar for head coach, it seems like, even though he didn't coach the Jets well at all. I don't get it. But obviously a big name that everyone likes to talk about as well is Enemy, And he just is not getting the interviews. And it, it, I've, I've it, barely heard him at all this year. It's, like, tough. I don't know what to say there because – I think he could be a good head coach. We don't know because there was reports that he doesn't call the, the plays in in Kansas City and, and Reed does. But then Re- Andy Reed came out earlier this season, I think, and said that he does call some of the plays from Mahomes. So who really knows what's going on there? And it's it is interesting how he doesn't get a lot of attention because he is on one of the, he coaches one of the best teams on the National Football League in OC. So I think he should be getting more interviews if we're being honest. Yeah, no, especially I, over Todd Bowles. I I, mean, know, I, I agree with you, Tom. And uh, another. Candidate that I saw today that was actually being interviewed by the Jaguars. I actually like this one. It's Besakia, the interim head coach with the Raiders. Um, obviously, we know the Raiders hired Josh McDaniels, which I think we can both agree is probably a very good hiring. He's been a name that's been out there for a long time after he stiffed the Colts a couple years ago. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, Besakia, maybe he'll get the job. I'm not sure what's what the future holds for him. He's a little bit on the older side. Tom, uh, after we spent a little bit of time there with the Jaguars, let's talk about the Saints. Sean Payton stepped away from the team. He's only 58 years old. I'm not sure where he's going to end up because he has a very good resume. But uh, who do you think can step up and take over the job there? I know uh, I I want to say the front runner right now is the uh, New Orleans Saints defensive coordinator, Dennis Allen, who's been with them, been with the team for a little while. Do you think they stay in-house there? Yes, I was going to say, I think Allen is going to be their guy. Uh, they sing his praises, obviously, from what I've seen. And uh, the Saints are just a classy organization that likes to keep it in-house. I think that's kind of what they're all about. And uh, I could definitely see them sticking with him um, as the next head coach. Okay, let's go to Chicago here. Chicago, they hired Matt 
Eberflus, who was the defensive coordinator for the Colts. I have no clue what to say of this of this signing. I really do not know anything about Matt Eberflus. This name kind of came out of nowhere, uh, in in my opinion. I yeah. kind of expected them to go offense, but I understand after firing Nagy to kind of switch it up and go defense here. But you got a young quarterback with Justin Fields. I mean, now you got to bring in a pretty strong off- offensive coordinator if if you want to you know develop the young QB. Yeah, I agree. Um, Eberflus, honestly, I didn't know the name really at all either. I didn't know that he was a DC of the Colts. But uh, obviously, we saw that Colts defense all seasons. It's a great defense. But I mean, the Bears defense is is also a top defense, and that's not the the Bears issue. I mean, the Bears issue is clearly offense. So I don't really don't understand bringing in a DC as head coach. Um, I'm, it's going to be interesting to see who he hires as as his OC. Uh, obviously, that'll be a big. That's going to be huge. That's going to be huge for Justin Fields. So I, I want to see what happens there, but I'm hoping they can turn it around because all that stuff with Nagy has just been a miserable few years uh, in Chicago for sure. All right, moving on to Denver now. You can't convince me otherwise that Nathaniel Hackett hiring is not just a lure to get Aaron Rodgers to come to Denver, right? I agree. I think that's <laughs> once I saw that hire, I thought it was definitely the smart move, obviously, to lure uh, Rodgers to come to Denver. And apparently there's also been reports that Adams might want to team up with Rodgers in Denver. So now... If the Denver Broncos can pull off hiring the Packers OC from this season and bringing Aaron Rodgers alongside Devontae Adams to come over, <laughs> I think they're this, they got to be up there for Super Bowl favorite, right? Oh, of course. I mean, that defense played very good this year. Uh, Jimmy Cody, if you're listening, I don't want to hear anything from you. I'm tired <laughs> of Jimmy Cody, honestly. <laughs> tired of you. Uh, you're a big Broncos fan. But I think we can all admit that this is a young team that is on the rise. You mentioned, you know, bringing in Devontae Adams, they already have great young receivers. Jerry Judy had a good bounce back after the injury. Cortland Sutton is very underrated. And Tim Patrick is also a guy that I've always liked. Uh, you look at the tight ends, Noah Fant, and I'm going to butcher this last name, but Albert Aquabuknam yeah. is also a very athletic He's and quick. talented guy. I mean, this is a team that I think is definitely on the rise. The only doubt here is the tough division. Yeah, honestly, it would be a treat to see Rodgers go up against Mahomes twice a year in the regular season and, and go Herbert. up against Herbert. I and mean, Derek Carr. That's good. Yeah, no, that would that would make both West, the AFC West and the NFC West, just loaded at that point if you bring uh, Rodgers in there. But he's got to be the front runner to go to Denver right now, I'd say. I mean, he obviously could stay in Green Bay, but we all saw how that ended against the Niners. It was honestly an upsetting way to see uh, them go out at home again. Just another disappointing end to their season after a dominant uh, regular season. But uh, I think that's a great hire, though, as Hackett as OC. No, I agree, Tom. I think that just about covers all the teams. You know, we dabbled on each one a little bit. Um, But no, this was definitely a great first episode. I know that we are going to be getting into college football once the – or sorry, college basketball once the football season ends. Uh, The end of February or all of February and March is just great time for college basketball. So we'll make sure to have some player interviews and some highlights and just our thoughts week to week on on what's happening there. Yeah, no, great episode to come back uh, for the second season. All right, and I'm excited to get into it. Uh, Yeah, we have a lot in store, and I don't know, hopefully we can uh, pick it up a little bit. Right, Tom? Yes, sir. All right. I'm Bobby McGinnis alongside Thomas Spallone, and we'll see you next time on Call to Come Back.